This is the art of charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The art of charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. Welcome to the art of charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best coaches in the industry to teach you guys how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise, packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier men's lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. Now, this show is about you, and we're here to help you become the best man you can be in every area of your life. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some free ebooks and drills and exercises that'll help you become more charismatic and confident by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. If you're new to the show but you want to know more about what we teach here at The Art of Charm, listen to The Art of Charm Toolbox at theartofcharmpodcast.com/toolbox. That's where we've got the fundamentals of dating and attraction such as body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, including some episodes on breakups and relationship management. That's where all the basics are, so get a handle on that first. We've got boot camps running every single month here in Hollywood, California. Details on those at theartofcharm.com. Looking forward to meeting all you guys here at AOC. So long distance relationships here with Kim Seltzer from The Art of Charm. And I just got called out on some on some guy stuff because I said <laughs> that, uh, how did that even start out? I was saying, oh, because I'm in a long distance relationship right now. Regardless of people going, oh, L.A. to San Francisco doesn't really count, but it does. And I, I was talking to my girlfriend, and I was like, well, you're not going to be up there for too long. I'm going to import you back down to L.A. And I didn't want to say move in with my girlfriend, so I was telling Kim, I was telling you, what did I say? I said, it was classic. I said, so, instead of saying move in with my girlfriend, I said, and then I will be living in the exact same place as her. Or something right, like right, that. like a business transaction. <laughs> right, exactly, because I was all like feeling shy about it. Right, right. Well, and I think that just goes to show, especially when, you know, you're in a long-distance relationship, the pacing is always different, right? Yeah. So that would be almost, like, too intense to say, oh, we're moving in together. Right, because it sounds right. like an announcement, and I'm like, I don't yeah. want that announcement. I'm, right, I mean, made. you already just committed. I mean, that's yeah. like, let's not get a little <laughs> yeah. more than yeah. that. Like, I put it on Facebook, that counts. That's right, yeah, <laughs> that's you're off enough. the market, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But now it's, it is kind of necessity-based because, again, she's long distance, and if she moves to the same city as me, it's kind of like, why? Why is she just going to live in a separate place in the same city as me? It seems like it would make sense, but especially in her situation where she's still studying, she's not working as much anymore because she's studying for certain exams, right. CPA exams, that she's like, oh, it's going to be kind of tricky to make ends meet. And then here's the, here's the real deal, though. You know what's going to happen if she gets a place here. I'm going to just be there six nights a week, if not seven. Or if I get a place and she gets a place, a separate place outside AOC headquarters, because I live in the annex to AOC right now, I'm just going to go to her place six nights a week, or she's just going to come to my place six nights a week, and there's going to be one vacant place that's going to cause her to work a crap ton more. Right. And then all of our stuff's going to be in separate places. So it just seems kind of dumb. Well, on a practical sense, yeah. Yeah. But then there's the psychological stance right. of, you know, still having your own place, quote unquote. Yeah. Versus you guys actually doing this together. 
And your yeah. announcement didn't sound like you were moving in together. Yeah, because I didn't say that. Because I felt like I get That's judged. Right. I felt like I get judged. You better believe there's a walk-in closet at AOC headquarters that I'm keeping. <laughs> like, this is my personal space. I have a storage unit with mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of crap that I never touch. Yeah, well, there's a lot of issues here. I mean, and this kind of speaks to what we were talking about today. Because not only you have to, you know navigate that whole thing, the living situation, but you've been used to traveling back and forth. She's a student. You're working. Mm-hmm. Like, there's different roles. Well, she's a student again. She's, it's like, just to be clear, she's not like in college. She's right. already had a job for several years, but she's back in school getting a professional degree. But it's a different mindset. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's studying. She has a different thing going on in the day right. than you do. Yeah. So now, like, you have these things that you have to grapple with and... and it's a lot. Yeah. We should do a whole show on should I move in with my girlfriend? Not me personally, but like a lot of guys are going to ask that. It's, it's huge. Because here's another thing. is like I work from home. She studies all day. And then after she's done with that, she's probably going to work from home too. Two people in the same place all day. I yeah. feel like there could be some tension there that like wouldn't be. Or, or even if there's no tension, it's like. How am I going to be sure to get a ton of work done? Or, like, well, how is she going to get all of her studying done? Because, like, we're going to be distracting each other. Like, I have to deal with this stuff that I've never had to deal with before. Do you want to talk about this? I mean, I think maybe we should have a little session here. I think we can have a session. (laughs) Do you want to go on the couch? Because I'm already on a couch. I know, but you might need to lay down. (laughs) (laughs) I am a therapist. (laughs) That's true. You are a therapist. Yeah. Well, okay, let's ditch long distance relationships part two and use it, do it later or move into it in a few minutes, depending on how much time is left. Yeah. Um, because I'm now I'm yeah okay okay lay down so <laughs> am I, is that a requirement that people lay down what what's up with well, the lay down thing? I know I don't even know where that came from honestly and I should know the history of that but I think in the old days with Freud and all and, and the Jungians and all that they, huh. they actually laid down on the couch and talked about their problems all right I'm gonna lay down on this you maybe you'll dirty be more yeah, you'll be more relaxed <laughs> you'll be able to think uh, I should have gotten a pillow from one of the uh, AOC beds. Yeah, the, the studio, <laughs> the beautiful beds. I mean, you you can sit up a little bit. I'll it's be okay. fine. All right, so you lead because you're the therapist now. I'm well, the yeah. Patient. So we have a lot of issues here. I mean, we have you know this this um, long distance relationship that's about to uh, become not a long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. Moving, she's moving here. Yep. Um, she, back here. Yeah. Yeah, back here, but. You guys didn't really date, though, when she was here before, Not right? very long, So no. it started, really, when she actually picked up and moved. We had a weird relationship, yeah, because we met right before she moved and dis- and had clicked so well that it was like, oh, crap, now we're going to have to do this long-distance thing. Because I was hoping to just sort of, like, I had to sound so... I was just hoping to, like, hook up and then have a friend in San Francisco uh-huh. and, like, visit. But she was awesome, so I was like, oh, and okay. And hot. <laughs> and hot and really cool, like super, super cool person. And she was like, we're clicking really well. And then she postponed her move for a little while and stayed as long as she could because she was just moving back to her parents' place and selling her condo. Right. And then she came down to get some of her stuff, in air quotes, the next weekend and stayed for like six days. Mm-hmm. And then I went up there for a wedding that wasn't a wedding that I actually went to. A friend, I drove a friend up there for a wedding uh-huh. and stayed there for like four days. So back and forth, back and forth. And now we don't have to lie about why we're going there because now it's just like, it, okay. right. So that's what's been happening for the past several months. I was going to say, and how long has it been? It's like, been a few months. Wow. So it's really fast. Fast and so, furious. And I'm not like that at all. Mm. Like I'm slow play McGee. Where right. I'm like, in, like a typical guy, right? Like not afraid of commitment, but like, what's the rush? Come on! 
Right. And actually, know? like, I want to pause here because this is a good issue to bring up with not just your situation, but also mm-hmm. the long distance thing. Yeah. I think there's two things that also are happening here. One is, you know, when you find somebody you really like and you click with and you mesh in all aspects, which obviously you did, mm-hmm. it's easy to just get hot and heavy fast. And if yeah. you were local, you know, it would be an interesting thing to see your pacing of it. But because she went away, there was this intensity that happened that doesn't happen when you're in the same city. So because you guys, there's like this kind of like... Uh, it's almost like a ping pong. It's like, you know, yeah. this intensity that happens and then, okay, yeah, but then I'm going back and I can like chill, you right. know? Yeah. Cause I often wonder, I'm like, if she lived in the same city, would it be like magnesium hot and fast and burn out really early? Exactly. Or would it be like, I wouldn't let that happen. One of us and probably me knowing myself wouldn't let it happen and be like, she's great. And I kind of want to see her all the time, but she lives so close that I can see her all the time. Let's see her each other two to three times a week. Instead of every day. Exactly. I, prob- I feel like I would probably put the brakes on a little bit. Right. Right. So, like, you would have to, like, self-motivate to do that, right? You'd right. have to almost create a plan for yourself, like, oh, this is getting too hot and heavy, too intense. Yeah. But it's almost built in yeah. when it's long distance. Right. So then, on top of it, when you go to visit her or she comes and visits you, it's like a mini honeymoon. Right. And a vacation, right? Yeah, so it's... you have no problems with the work week. It's stress-free. You clear your schedule so that you guys can spend time with each other. Yeah. And it's magical and it's like a drug. Exactly. And so I'm a little worried about that because I'm thinking shit's never gotten real and never will get real as long as you're in long distance relationship, Um, except for something that typically doesn't get to me, like some jealousy issue because I'm not there. Like that I don't really worry about because I expect those. Like I've had long distance relationships in the past. I understand that jealousy can crop up because you're like, who are you hanging out with and stuff like that. I don't worry about that as much. But otherwise, shit never gets real. No one ever goes, why do you always throw your clothes on the floor? Or why do you always... Totally. That never actually happens because even if you do annoying stuff, you're like, oh, I'm only here for three days. Exactly. Exactly. And we're staying at a hotel. Mm -hmm. It's like not a big deal. Sure, throw your clothes on the floor. We're at a hotel. Little does she know that I always throw my clothes on the floor and that's going to drive her effing crazy or like that I buy stuff and leave it in the fridge too long or what, you know, whatever stupid thing that gets annoying after a while or like being late for stuff or like, you know, going to bed too late or just like little stuff that can get to people that all piles up when you're in a real relationship. Never, I guess, ripens. When you're yes, well put. When you're um, long distance, because it's all you're always one of you is always in vacation mode. Even if she comes down here and I have to do tons of work, I'm like, ooh, I've got my friends in town. My it's like when you have your parents in town. Exactly. You're at work, but you're like, whatever. My parents are here. I'm going out to dinner later. I'm kind of mailing it in at work because I'm just trying to kill the day. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. And you try to focus, and it's a little bit harder. But if that person lives in the same town as you, all that goes away. And so my fear is, and I don't, I don't think I, I can't really wrap my head around it, so I'm not too worried about it. But you know, a fear, I guess, is what happens when that excitement dies down and shit gets real, and the day-to-day routine becomes a thing. Like, do I? How much work is it going to be to like not let that affect the relationship or not kill the relationship? I don't think it will because I'm a grown-ass man, and she's an adult too. But I feel like if I was younger, and I was in a similar situation, I'd be like, oh, this isn't as exciting anymore because now we're, like, in the same place. And, oh, well. And you see that crap happen all the time with people who, like, meet on vacation. Yeah. They go back home, 
they date for like a few weeks and they're all excited and then they're like, ah, whatever, I got shit to do. And then it just dies. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, and you got, obviously you got a good head on your shoulder and, you know, we can sit here and be intellectual about it, but the truth of the matter is it is what it is. And I don't care how smart you are and what age you are, you're going to be dealing with these realities. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to come about. Totally. Totally. The the way I look at it is I haven't had a girlfriend that I've cared about in so long that like the reason I chose her was because I can understand how we would be compatible outside of just having fun when I go to San Francisco and when she comes here. But I could also be wrong. I don't know. What if I'm wrong and I don't want to be? Right, 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 exactly. Well, and so these are good things to, like, talk about. And also, if you look at, like, just the phases of dating, they get sped up. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you're in this. So, okay, so here's my theory. I believe that there's three phases in dating. Three phases of dating. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so this is is how it goes. So the first first phase is the courting phase, right? It's kind of like the cat and mouse chase. It's, you know, guy gets girl girl kind of wants the guy to chase her. It's all the stuff that people a lot of times say games, but right. it's not. It's just human nature. I mean, sure. you know, the bottom line is is that guys, um, you know, like to chase and women like to be chased. Yes. It's just, that's just it. Okay, so that's the courting. Then the second phase is what I just call pure dating, and that is maybe you're dating somebody for a while, and it's three months in. You're not committed yet, but you're trying to see if this is a person you could really What does that mean, to. committed, from your perspective? Exclusive? Well, not dating other people. Okay. okay. Yeah. Is that what... What about you? Is yeah, that's, that's what that means, I guess. But I feel like three months <laughs> of dating is a long time to date one person and also be like... Oh, also, I'm going out with a ton of other girls. Well, that's true, too. But, I mean, that's I think weird. it depends on the situation. It depends on the age of the person. Yeah. I mean, people who are, like, over 40, that's not such a weird time frame because, like, maybe you don't see each other as often. That's true because so, you guys have, like, other yeah. shit going on. We got a lot of shit going on. People my age, I'm 33 for the guys just tuning in and haven't heard that a million times. I'm 33 right now. So, like, the idea of dating somebody for more than a month or something like that and then also being like, I'm not sure, maybe I should date other people, is unless you're, unless, well, I guess there's two ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird to not do the exclusivity thing unless you're just not going to do that for a really long time. Because I, I, I always, I often talk about on this show how if you're, say, let's say, let's assume you have to date 50 to 100, let's assume for the sake of math, you have to date 100 people before you find the one you want to marry. Right. You can either do that by dating one person at a time, which is going to be really slow, or you can date three people at a time and speed the process up three times as fast, right? Or four True. people at a time True. and do it four times as fast and 25% of the time. So I'm a big fan of dating people, like, not, ex- not serial monogamy right? unless it's required. But after a few weeks or months, it seems like you'd be like, okay, I'm interested in this person enough where... I'm not interested in other people, and if I were, I wouldn't still be with this one. True. However, and I'm, okay, so for all you listeners, I'm 44, so, you know, (laughs) dating in our age group, and you're navigating, you know, the kids, and your job, Mm -hmm. and all this stuff, um, it's really dependent on what it is we want. Like, maybe we don't necessarily want to have a boyfriend or girlfriend right now. Maybe we just want to date and have a release and have fun. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> a release, a release, <laughs> a release in so many ways. Um, so it, like, honestly, it depends on what you want. 
If you're wanting a relationship, I totally get where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, because I'm trying to wife up over here. Yeah, gotta, you're trying to wife up. I don't have kids. I want to get on that. Yeah, you know? yeah, which is a good thing. So anyway, going back to that, it doesn't matter the time frame. I think it's different for everybody, but mm. it's it's you're just dating someone consistently. Let's yeah. just call it that. Then that moves into the third phase, which is the full-blown relationship. You're committed. You're moving towards, you know, whatever that is, partnership, wedding, right. whatever. So um, in a long-distance relationship, going back to what we were talking about, that all those phases get sped up with totally. intensity, right? Yeah. You don't have time to do the cat and mouse chase, the core, like it goes, gets into like relationship mode really fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because our courtship phase was <laughs> pretty quick. Right? And granted, we clicked really well right away, mm-hmm. but if it were up to me, like circumstances wise, it would have drawn out a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Like I would have been, there would have been a little bit more. Yeah. But instead it was kind of like we both had to make a choice real fast because, you know, she was even, she even told me, she's going to kill me. She even told me in the beginning, she's like, I didn't want to like hook up or do anything the first couple of dates, but I didn't have a choice because, you know, she was leaving. So she was like, either I'm leaving and we never figure out if it's going to work or I just go fuck it and like let it happen. And then take it from there. So right. three weeks of dating got packed into like 72 hours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Well, and see, the other thing is, and let's just, in the practical sense, like financially, when you're going back and forth, like you want to make sure that this is going to be like something worthwhile. So that's the other thing is that there's more full disclosure in yeah. the beginning. Yeah, phases, that's true. Right? There totally was. So it like is, yeah. things that you would never tell an, a, a girl in the courting phase here in LA, suddenly you're telling her everything because you want to make sure it's like real. It's so true. Cause stuff I have like, I, I remember I went out with a girl for like three that you hooked me up with. Yeah. For, like, three months. I remember that. I went out with her for like three months and we never talked about the stuff that I talked about with Jenny on like the second quote unquote date where she like came well, Nor over. should you. Yeah. I would recommend that. Yeah. And I remember being like sitting at the freaking cheesecake factory in Beverly Hills <laughs> and being like somehow I, I mentioned, oh, I was like, my friend had this huge wedding and it was super expensive. And she's like, I don't really want a big wedding. And, and normally any guy in that situation, like my butthole would have clenched up on any other date <laughs> talking about kids, weddings. I would have been like, yeah. but instead I was like, okay, good. I'm glad. We're, like, I was like, glad we were talking about this. And then I was like, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. But it's because it was like, listen, if I'm going to freaking schlep up to San Francisco right. for a thousand bucks, um, for the whole weekend staying at hotels and all this stuff. Like, I don't want to be surprised by anything. So then I was like, hmm, what other crap can I get off my chest or, like, get out of the way? Kids, let's talk about that. And not that that all happened at the Cheesecake Factory, but it happened throughout the next few times that we hung out. And I was just like, what is going on right now? Right. And, but on the other hand, it's been pretty cool because now nothing is off limits. Yeah. So I'm like... What what would you think if blah, 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 like a wild kid, you know, weird scenario or like dark secret from past? And she's like, yeah, that's I get this. That's fine or whatever. Or I don't like this, but that I'll deal with that. It's been pretty open. Right. It's been pretty open. And like, unfortunately, the flip side to that is you learn a lot about somebody that you should probably assimilate over a year. Uh-huh. You learn it all in two to three months. So you know a lot about someone's past that like. 
imagine if a girl walked up to you and was like, I've had sex with this many people, and then this guy did this, and then, then this thing happened <laughs> to me totally that was traumatic, right. and then this thing broke my heart, and then this thing was bad, and then my parents hated that guy. You'd be like, you're insane. Don't ever talk to me again. Right, but in this instance, you're like, oh, great. Yeah. I know it all. Now I'll come back. <laughs> but then you also have wake up in a cold sweat and go, I don't really want to know that, but I needed to know that. I had to. Mm-hmm. But like, I think about my ex that I dated for four plus years. Mm-hmm. I knew all that stuff about her. It's just that I found out over the first year in in change of the relationship it wasn't like everybody write down all your dirty laundry and put it on a piece of paper which is not something we literally did but i feel like i just got the download it's from that's Jenny. exactly right and to this point like all the kind of rules of dating mm-hmm. goes out the window out the window out the window and so here you have you know two people and and by the way i believe that you're strong usually in one phase and your strength is usually your weakness in the next. So the guys are really good at the courting phase and, mm-hmm. you know, the game and the, getting the girl falls short when it comes to committing in a relationship. Very, very true. And people who are really good at relationships are too much, too soon, too fast in the courting phase yes. and people run. People run. Right. So, so this actually suits me pretty well because I feel like I'm pretty good in the relationship phase. Yeah. Courting phase, I'm obviously worked a lot on. It's the whole business here. You but... You know, I think I'm in my element in the in the relationship phase, which is good because I, I, I not no, not that I'm normally too much too soon in the relationship phase or a courting phase, but I feel like I bore I toe the line. Yeah. So yeah. for this long distance type thing where everything's sped up, I'm like I'm cool with it. Yeah. Right. So now you're almost like it, it, it's actually better for you. It's a little better for me. Yeah. All right. Back to the show. Okay, so since you're on the couch, let's go back to you. So I am literally on given the couch. You, everybody, if you could see him, he's literally lying down. So since we've talked about all the issues at hand, now we're, okay, so now imagine she's coming here. And what's going to be interesting is, like, everything got sped up with all this intensity. You guys almost have to work backwards, and you're going to have to, like, pace it and slow down and almost, like, renegotiate things. Yeah, I don't really know exactly what that means, but it's true. If Because for the... The guy's just tuning in if somebody missed it. She's thinking of moving back to L.A. in, like, October uh, to work a little bit, study for her exams. Otherwise, I'm going to have to keep schlepping up to San Francisco, and she's going to have to keep schlepping down here. But all she does is study all day, so there's no point in missing each other all the time and not being in the same place and spending all the money, especially when I'm getting a new place outside here or she was going to come down here. Anyway, and we were going to get separate places, but then I was like, you know what's going to happen is that I'm going to be at her place six nights a week, or she's going to be at my place six nights a week plus, and we're going to have this added expense. So from my my guy brain, my practical brain is like, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's just move in together. Or as I phrased it, phrased it earlier, live in the exact same place as one another, <laughs> or whatever I said. You're like get a place together. I don't know. You didn't whatever. even no, use the word a together. Euphemism. Together was not in the it vernacular. It wasn't even right. That's exactly right. I said be. I said live in the same place as. In the exact same place. Yeah, or something the, like yeah that. live in the exact same place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, does that mean you're going to move in together? <laughs> and I was like, um, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so now you have a big change and decision to make right. coming up. Yeah. When's this supposed to happen? Like way? October, October. Okay, so we have some time. We can yeah, do a couple more shows to get through this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's time. And it's not, nothing's like definite, right? But it's just one of those things where it seems to make a lot of sense. And, but I also would, I, if I had, if it were up to me, I would say, sure, let's do that in like six months. But the problem is she's got to choose where she's going to work 
that's going to be a like you can't you can't live in San Francisco and work in LA. Yeah. Um, and she, if she gets a job up there, that pretty much puts a nail in the coffin of either of the whole relationship or of the idea that we're going to see each other that regularly. Because then I have to schlep up there to see her because she's going to have an office job that ends at 5 to 7 p.m. on Friday and starts again on Monday and possibly goes over the weekend because she's an accountant. Yeah. So that's really going to screw things up. And if she works from home, great. But she's going to work from home. Why work from home in two separate cities and spend a crap load of money trying to visit each other all the time? So I've kind of like there's a timeline on things for me, Yeah. yeah, for us. And so that makes things a little weird. Yeah. Because it's it, it's not a timeline I would have chosen. Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, everything is more intense. It's it's sped up than normally. If she was here, you you wouldn't have that like pressure. Almost. There'd be no pressure. Yeah. Because yeah, I got a buddy who married a girl from England. In fact, he did the long distance relationship part one. Oh yeah. And he married this girl, and they talked forever. You know, beforehand for a long time, and they had this. It, but the. Three days after he met her, he proposed, but they had known each other for a long time on, online. But the reason he did that is not – because at first I was like, you are an idiot, uh-huh. right? <laughs> like, what is wrong uh-huh. with you? You're a moron. But he told me, he's like, listen, I can either not marry someone that I love and then they go back to England and the relationship can maybe last a long time while each of us is friggin' miserable missing the other one or fail outright or – can marry this person, get her a visa to stay in the United States. And I was like, and I, I, at first, my first thought was, if it's meant to be, it'll work out. And then I was like, no, that's dumb, because it's not really true. If, if, if you really love each other, it won't, it won't necessarily work out. You're going to get frustrated with long distance. That's what happens with long distance relationships. Yeah. That's why marriages fail when people are in the, the military and they go to Iraq. Right. It's not because they weren't meant to be. It's because one dude's stuck in fucking Iraq and the right. other one is back home in America Growing at two different paces, having two separate, completely separate lives has nothing to do with their compatibility or anything. Exactly. So only a naive person would fall back on that. And so I'm like, oh, crap. Like now I get why he did that, you know, because mm-hmm. he had to freaking use Skype every night to talk to this girl that he loved in another country. Luckily for me, I've got technology and she's on the same time zone and I could drive there and be there by tonight if I really, 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 yeah, really, really Iraq. wanted to. It's not Iraq. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's a lot less pressure and stress involved, but it's still not a timeline that I would have chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I don't know. I think that, uh, living together, do you want to talk about living together? Yeah, we can. I mean, I don't know anything about it. Dive into that one. I mean, not to scare you, but statistically, people who move in together before marriage is a high, high rate of divorce. I talked about that, and I think yeah. I, it makes a little bit of sense to me because marriage doesn't change anything other than what's on paper right. unless you also move in together at the same time. Exactly. So when you get married and move in together, and this is just my theory, but when you get married and move in together at the same time, you go, okay, this is totally real. All of our stuff's in one place. We're married on paper. Our families know about it. It's a big deal. It's forever. This is what's up. Massive change. If you start to break it down into baby steps, like, oh, I'm sort of at his place a lot. Oh, now we're living together. And then you get married. It's like, what'd you do? You had a ceremony? Yeah. And you signed a piece of paper. It's not the same impact as also moving your lives together at the exact same time. Mm. And so... 
it's easier to disassemble something that you've assembled over a long period of time than it is to do that, like take that step really seriously. Yeah. Well, and there's also when you're married, there's a sense of you can't get out when you're not married. There's always this like underlying notion is I can, exactly. I can book. You I can, can book. leave because you're just breaking up and moving crap out of one person's apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Marriage is supposed to be permanent. I'm supposed to be, but, um, that, and, and it's so, it's a different sense. So things like money, um, possessions, uh, all the different things that go into like merging worlds is just different yeah. when, you know, you're sharing things versus like actually supposed to be doing things together, like shared accounts and all that. Like, and so I don't know. That's why I think a lot of people end up breaking up because there's, you know, like when the going gets tough, instead of, you know, working on it, they mm-hmm. get going. Yeah, they get, they bounce. They bounce. And it's always going to happen. You're always going to run into some shit in a relationship. Yeah. So that's another thing that worries me. On the other hand, though, I'm, I looked at, and, I, and that worried me for a minute, but then I thought to myself, odds of me getting married before I move in with somebody, pretty slim. Mm. Just because I don't, does anybody do that anymore? I don't know, like your generation. Like, what would you say? Like your friends? I don't know. I don't know anybody. It wasn't common. I feel like if you get married before you move in with somebody in my generation, people go, why did you do that? Really? Yeah. Interesting. And in my family, everyone in my family has lived together for a long time before they got married. All my aunts and uncles, my parents, I believe everybody Mm -hmm. for like a decade because they're like retardedly long serial monogamy like type of people. Yeah. Like Like, the other extreme. No joke. My aunt and uncle were dating when my parents met and they got, (laughs) let me put it this way. Before I was born or before my parents met, they were dating and I drove myself to their wedding. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> oh wow so that puts that in perspective yeah different times different people midwest too yeah right total I, midwest like i was explaining this to somebody and i was trying to be like if it's like 20 years they were dating or longer and i was yeah. like wait a minute i drove to their <laughs> drove. wedding myself in my own car <laughs> right oh my god i know <laughs> that is that's funny yeah i mean that's a long dating period that's really long. That's ridiculous. Because my parents were married for a while before they had me, too. And it wasn't just the marriage. They were met when before my met, parents were dating. I was going to say, when they meet at, like, 13? Like, Dude, they must have met as teenagers and got married when they were, like, freaking 45 But see, that's what people did back then. I mean, we just don't do that now. Yeah. I mean, at least, you know, I'm, there are parts of the country people still get married, I think, you know, on the younger side. But yeah. for the most part. My family is a bunch of weirdos up in Michigan, I guess. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't foresee. Well, I guess I'm trying to just make some bullshit argument that genetically I'm pre- predisposed, yeah, predisposed. To, to moving in before marriage. But that's a so bunch of crap. you'll be okay because it's, it's in your of, DNA. Yeah, it's a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of crap. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've seen it work, but I've also it obvious. It makes logical sense to me that it would also not work because you're you're. It's easier to back out of something like that. All I'm saying is that you're coming from a situation that you're bouncing all the time, and then you move in with a, a person with uh-huh. a situation that you can bounce as well. So I'm I'm just saying, look at that, you know, before you make the decision. Yeah. No, it's tough, and I don't know how to evaluate that because I have no experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and um, 
I, what I was going to ask you, do you, have you guys ever visited each other during the work week instead of the weekends? Uh, no. That might be an interesting thing for you to... I like, mean, she's been here during my work week. Oh, okay. Yeah, a yeah, bunch. So she's seen your kind of everyday routine. Oh, yeah. And, like, where you didn't, like, stop your life to just be with her. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I still had to, like, do work. Yeah. And she had to, like, go to the cafe and study and do her own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, well, and that's good because if she ends up moving here, that's what it's going to be like. But, yep. Um, I think, you know, any, anybody who is thinking about, you know, changing locations for that person, they're dating long distance. It's really good to get a sense of people's everyday life yeah. because yeah, you clear your schedule, you do all these things yeah, to you, make these little mini vacations. Yeah, you go do all this fun stuff. And then yeah. when they move in with you, you're all like cranky cause you got day stress and they're like, why are you so different? And you're like, what are you talking right. about? I'm always like this. Yeah. And then going back to your point about the clothes on the floor and the toothpaste cap off and all that thing mm-hmm. that you could just bounce now. You're like, you know, it's almost like picking your battles. Like those battles are, they so don't matter to you now. Yeah. It's like, whatever, I'm leaving. I have my thing. And, but yeah, like what's that going to be like when you're together and how, you know, so it, it, these are good things to just think about. Yeah. It's not that it couldn't work or not work, but you know, it is good to map out. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting set of concerns. I would be curious to know what sort of, factors you should evaluate when you're looking at moving in with somebody and also what red flags to look for in your own behavior and theirs to know when you need to like fix some shit. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I think the number one thing is, is a being on the same page of what you guys want, because I mean, and it sounds like you two do. Yeah. yeah, We talk about that all the time, but that's huge. I mean, some couples don't, they have this, you know, kind of fantasy and then there's no communication. So communication, communication, that's huge. Yeah. Always. Um, I think the other thing is, I don't know. I think, um, you know, you were talking about the practical sense of things. That's just a guy brain thing. No, but no, but even a woman, would, I think, might say that, too. Yeah. I mean, practically, that makes sense. Like, it would save you guys money. You're going to spend time with each other anyway. But there's also something to be said about even if you had a, a, an apartment next door, you mm-hmm. still have your own space while you're getting used to the transition. Because you're just like, the, the thing that you have to ask yourself is... Um, you know, how long the relationship has been mm-hmm. and to what nature are you wanting the same things? Um, where do you see yourself in six months? Financial reasons. I mean, there's all those things. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and then m- that maybe this is not your case, but for some people who are thinking about children and biological clocks and that kind of thing, yeah. that's a practical. Luckily, thing she's well. young enough to not be freaking out about that. But not yet. everybody has that. Yeah. yeah so, yet, also. Yeah. Because she's all like, no, I have so much time. I'm like, you're 27. You don't have that much time. Yeah. You think you have all the time in the world right now. Tick, tick, tick. Where did you turn 30 in that uterus tick, and tick, just tick, tick, detonates yeah. <laughs> into your brain chemicals or whatever. And the bomb goes and off. And it's just like, babies. And it's like the third exorcist. Totally. And the head spinning around. you, <laughs> babies. And I'm like, okay. It's like Shrek. Yeah. He saw all those babies around. Did you see that? It was hilarious. Luckily, I also, am, like, I'm old enough. The reason, one of the reasons our lives are compatible in, in this way is that I'm 33. I'm going to be 34. I'm already thinking about marriage and kids, not like right now, but yeah. you know, that's on the horizon for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like, what are you talking about? We're going to like keep doing our own thing. Like I'm, I, that was 
I had 10 years of that. Yeah, that is good. And then on a practical sense, like taking a look at just like your values, like, you know, do you guys see money the same way? Um, you know, religion, um, work, work is huge. Like, I know this is not your case with her, but there's some women who like aren't even working at all or working towards a career and then yeah. they just move in with the guy because financially they it's want better to get for taken them. care of. Yeah. <clears throat> no, so that luckily, would be a huge red flag, you know, for guys. I agree. That would be a big problem. Now she's luckily, she's probably going to end up making quite a pretty penny being a CPA. Maybe even more than you. Probably. <laughs> I think for a while, probably she will be. Plus, yeah. she can stash all my cash too in the Cayman Islands or whatever. She's, you know. Nice. So that's a bonus. Um, but yeah, there's a good chance she'll, especially because she's going to be doing a lot of accounting for small businesses and she's mm-hmm. really smart and she's doing ta- specializing in taxes. Oh, yeah. So that's, good. that's like a big, that's a good field to be in. Yeah. Um, and being able to do something like that reliably. I mean, I know what we pay our accountant here at AOC, and it's like if you had 10 clients like that, just 10, mm-hmm. you'd be freaking loaded. Yeah. So I'm like that's doing that's, pretty well for myself you over are. here. Oh my gosh. I so think, get your boot camp now because I might not be around up in this piece. I know everybody sign up for money. <laughs> He's going to the Cayman Islands. Yeah, I'm going to the Cayman Islands with my rich accountant fiance that's not my fiance yet. Oh my no, god! I'm Listen to you. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, but well, another thing too, to, like, and it sounds like from what you told me, but you can share it with the listeners about social life. That's another thing that's huge. Like you, when you move into somebody else's hometown, they have their social life all yeah. going and their set of friends, and then that person ha- doesn't know anybody. How that can affect the relationship? That's an interesting point. And luckily, I think it's a little bit muted because she moved from LA to San Francisco, exactly. so it's she different. has a crap. She probably has more friends here than me. Totally different. For you. But that that's why it's good. These are all good things for you. But yeah, these are yeah, these are good things for me. But yeah, if she was moving from San Francisco and had never lived here, mm-hmm. she'd be all, Why are you going out? or who am I gonna hang out with? And then we'd have to, I'd have only be able to like hang out with my friends who are coupled up or like Yeah. She would be luckily she's as social or more social than me, which is one of the things I found attractive. Mm-hmm. And so she, and she's already got a social circle here. So I'm, I'm less worried about that. But man, I was thinking about that before, especially with those guys that like marry a woman from another culture or country. Mm-hmm. Now she's like, you're the only person in America that I know. And you're yeah. like, whoa, man, this girl from wherever. Like I met a guy who married some girl from like Thailand mm. and she didn't meet anyone, obviously. And her English wasn't that great, so I feel, I'm not sure what sort of marriage situation they had. But you know what I'm saying? Like that was, some, yeah, some sort mm-hmm. of arrangement. But I'm like, she's got to be lonely as hell. She's totally relying on this guy. So unless he gives her every ounce of attention, she's miserable. She's probably depressed, anyways. Yeah, it puts so much pressure on that guy, you know, to like always take her with, introduce her, make sure she's feeling comfortable and then she just totally feels isolated and mm-hmm. like not she has no identity yeah so that's the thing it's like your girl she already will have an identity coming here yes a, that's a huge thing to think about for any of you listening is um you know that whole life that will end up merging yeah you got to think about that so that's i don't know you point. have a lot of things going for you the yeah two of you. that's that's why i'm not running for the hills yeah you know also because of the way that I feel, but also the practical sides come together pretty well. Yeah. Like she's, you know, knows the area. She, she has a place. She's capable of earning her own money, has a social circle, mm-hmm. is from here. 
has a, a car, like can get around, has a job already that she had here that she's keeping um, that's part-time. Oh, my that God. That allows her great. to study and work. So I'm not like adopting a baby, yeah. which is what a lot of guys do when their <laughs> girlfriend so moves in true. with them. They adopt a freaking baby who's like, entertain me, buy me everything. Right. Hook me up with a job and a social circle and friends and da 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 yeah. Like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know, I don't have to do that. Well, I, I feel good about it for you. Okay. You that just makes ha- me feel better. Yeah. You like have any my d- approval. Like, okay, good. Because <laughs> like any dude, I get a little jittery where I'm like, crap, this isn't the timeline I would have chosen. Yeah. But I also think that that's been the case throughout the rest of this relationship as well. And I haven't been that nervous about it. And also, I don't necessarily know if I'd feel any better even if I was able to choose the timeline just because, again, like dudes aren't I'm not as a guy, I'm not really super hardwired to be like, lock it down, stop dating, da 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 Like, don't get me wrong, I don't want to date other people. I'm in a committed relationship and I'm happy about it. But it's always a big step to be like, it's time for the next level, it's time for the next level. You know, you're saying something that's really interesting and actually a benefit of long distance relationships, if we can talk about that a little bit. Is that um, you know, people who need that almost external motivation to actually kind of shit or get off the pot, so yeah. to speak, that this just naturally creates that, right? Yeah, it does. Like you kind of have to. And, you know, especially here in LA, and I'll just say, you know, this, this is the land of non-committal, and you see this, and, yeah. and, and we're always like the what's next kind of, sure. you know, town, that it's really easy to just not be in it's hard to internally motivate to commit and to look at all these factors mm-hmm. because there's so many options. People don't want to settle down and it takes a lot of discipline almost. It does. So in this instance, and you really like her, like you're willing to kind of work at it and it gives you that motivation to, to make it happen. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to settling down. I'm excited about that. Yeah. It's just that I'm as with anything, I'm like, this is a big life phase change. Oh, totally. But I've gotten the dating, and especially in L.A., I've gotten that crap out of my system. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm over it. Um, I don't need to date the next barista that makes my freaking latte. <laughs> That's for <laughs> damn sure. Who's writing a screenplay? I don't care. You know? I do not Although care. I think your girl could do that, too. She Great. sounds pretty talented. <laughs> she is. If she starts writing a screenplay, it's over. Right. You're done. I'm done. Once you start writing a screenplay... Actually, I shouldn't say that. There's plenty of people probably writing screenplays who listen to this. I'm just being a dick. But there's just a lot of baristas that write that are TV writers or right. aspiring writers. And it's just like, dude, you can't even get my coffee order right. right. <laughs> um, oh, he's sitting up. I think he feels better. I'm sitting up. I feel much yeah. better. Yes. This is good. It was a good session. How did it go for you? It went pretty well. It did, it did go well. Now back to the good stuff. Okay, before we wrap, I kind of want to go back to the trust thing because I think that jealousy, I was talking on another show about jealousy and possession, and I think it's a pretty important topic because I've worked a lot on this area because I, in college, was like, I don't know, insecure and really distrustful and like, oh no, what's going to happen? And I know that, and I've also been doing the Art of Charm stuff for a while, and I see that most guys who are coming out of relationships or even novice guys that are in relationships that are, and by novice I mean in your 20s, yeah. Like, when we're in our 20s, we don't know shit about relationships generally. A lot of what screws things up is jealousy and stuff and and distrustful, it, weird stuff like it, that creeps up, especially in long-distance relationships. For example, um, Jenny has a lot of male friends and goes out with them all the time. 
I'm actually really cool with that, and it makes me feel good because they're cool guys. I've met a bunch of them, which is is important, I think. Totally. Um, she hangs out with her brother and cousin. I'm obviously not worried about anything there. I'd be more worried about her going out with girlfriends who are irresponsible and, like, drinking, going to a club and something happening versus her going out with a bunch of male friends who are probably super protective of a five-foot-tall uh, little Asian girl at a club dressed provocatively. <laughs> and so I feel like, in a way, they're yeah. surrogate boyfriends who are like, hey, that guy's being weird. Right, and like, taking you know, care of her. Yeah, put, a, put her in the circle of... Put her in the protective circle of Asian dudes, right. which, you know, previously impenetrable circle of Asian dudes and girls, <laughs> which every white guy has seen. Um, <laughs> but, so I'm cool with it. But I think that I think that eight years ago, I would have been super uncool with it. Mm-hmm. I think that a few years ago, I would have been like, where are you and what are you doing and who are you with? And, oh, do you like him? Oh, what's his deal? And like, nah, because she's getting that about me. Mm. She's getting that from former like, guys she thought were her friends are all like, who's this fucking guy? Ugh. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Because they're, like, they're the the orbiters who are, like, waiting for their chance, and now it's gone. Yeah. So she's getting, like, some hate. Yeah. But um, trust is a big issue. Jealousy is a big issue. Because a lot of times guys in a long-distance relationship are like, I'm not there to be a controlling a-hole. What's going <laughs> to happen? Yeah, yeah. And then it gets heightened even more long distance because you each are going about your lives as you should. Yeah. But if you don't have that security within your relationship, it'll, I mean, it'll just, oh my gosh, the couples can go wild with, you know, jealousy. Well, part of trust is um, really being secure, right? And not yeah. just with you as a couple, but within yourself. I so, think that's a key, yeah. You know, like you were saying years ago, you might not have been there. I been insecure you to the point where I was immature. Yeah, I was immature. Because <laughs> yeah. I would have been like 23 or 24. I yeah. would have been like, what's going on? Who are these people? Wah. You know, and yeah. I would have been worried about stuff. And uh, I would have been distrustful, not not of her because of anything that she had did. The girl I was dating back then, she didn't do anything to lead me like to think that that would happen. Right. But I was just like... I don't know what I would do. I don't, I don't even know why. It was, just, it was just a maturity thing. Yeah. Of like, whenever I'm not keeping tabs on someone, they're probably doing something against my interest. It's like a childish um, mode of thinking. Yeah. And, um, but it happens a lot when you are... And I've seen tons of grown-ass men. I get letters all the time from guys that are like, I don't know, how do I know if my girl's cheating on me? I'm in the military. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what makes you think she is? And sometimes they're like... Well, people say weird stuff on Facebook, like they hung out with her and then they won't give me details. But then other, and I'm like, that's suspect. But then other guys are like, nothing. I'm just paranoid. And I'm like, that's not good. Exactly. Because like, if you're just paranoid, when you get on the phone with her, you're going to be like almost accusatory and she's going to be like, what's this guy's deal? And and that's the kiss of death. Yeah. You know, but that is so important. And, and in order to help with this, communication is huge because you don't have that physical connection. So you have to maintain an emotional yeah, connection. Yeah, you've got to ramp through, that up. You have to ramp it up big time. And so it's not just a text here and there like, hey, how you doing? It's like, I miss you. I mean, have more emotion and passion when you're actually trying to, you know, communicate on a day. And it should be on a daily basis. Whereas, like, if you're in a relationship in town, that's not as necessary because you know you're going to see that person. Right. You're like, whatever, I'll just go to her house. Tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's not that. But you have to make a point of having that. Or, yeah, people's minds start, like, racing with yeah. stories. But conversely, and I'll just throw this out there, it's easy for people to stray. Yeah. Because of that. So 
yeah, maybe there is reason to not trust. Yeah. So let's be real. I mean, you know, there was um, a client that I remember she was really struggling. She's like, well, you know, I really like this guy. And I see on Facebook he's with all these women. Should I be jealous? It's mm. like, sister, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Run for the hills. A, did you even talk about what your relationship is? Are you guys committed? She's like, oh, we haven't talked about it. Then so, he, so he's like, hello. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. So, And that's a problem. See, in, in the... I know we said we leaned on a cliche, and I always hate doing that. Communication is key, but what kind of communication is that? The vulnerable communication where mm-hmm. if instead of being like, hey, what's up, like you said, a girl is going to feel that emotional connection that you need in order to make up for that lack of physical connection. If you write something like, hey, you know what? I just I feel alone out here sometimes, and you know, I just miss you a whole lot. And and this is the stuff I say to Jenny all the time, like yeah. just blatantly, That's like great. real true, out of nowhere. Even if it occurs to me while I'm like at the gym, mm-hmm. I'll finish my workout or like whatever during a break. I'll go to my phone and be like, "Hey, I'm hiking up Runyon, and it's so cool. I love doing this with you. I can't wait to do this with you when you're back here. Send done. Love that because it shows her that you're thinking of her and it in your daily right, life. In my daily life, and it doesn't have to be this like poetic crapola. No. Which I am also good at, by the way. But Ooh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, right. Sorry. Reserved for one special lady only. Oh darn! I'm <laughs> sure, other women out there want to hear. Yeah, both of them. Um, and yeah, and it's 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 very true. And it's hard for us guys to be vulnerable because we either feel like I don't know, it's gay, right? Or we're like, right. oh, it's cheesy, and I don't really know how to do it. But if you're this big bad military guy, you probably don't share your feelings that much. So if you write a letter that's like. So, you know, I'm stuck out here with a bunch of sweaty dudes, but, you know, the one thing that really gets me through is knowing that you're back home thinking about me while I'm thinking about you. Send. Good enough. Love Because she's going to be like, oh. Because what she's go- doing okay, you is... you just had me. Had you? Had you at that? <laughs> like, say more. Because <laughs> what, what she's thinking is, oh, he's in Iraq and he's all, dis- he's all distracted. And meanwhile, you're trying to put on this, like, brave face. Like, this is me and my dudes drinking and playing video games. We're having an awesome oh, time. God. And, and you're Because you don't want to be like, I miss you. Because you feel vulnerable and you don't like that. Oh, but so, we love that. So she's all, oh, well, he's fine without me over there. He doesn't even need me. He probably doesn't even miss me. Exactly. Instead, just totally admit it. Throw it out there. Not, and guys are like, I don't want to be a wuss, but it's not the same thing. There's so much strength in that vulnerability. The ability to be vulnerable is there's so much strength in that. Like, I'm telling this on a freaking podcast that 110,000 people are going to listen to. And I'm sure you're melting a lot of women who are listening because, you know, as a woman, and I'll just say how it gets received, guys, we love that because not only that, you know, you can sit and talk about stats all day long mm-hmm. about the game, what you're doing. That That's like on a very Logical, intellectual yeah. level. That's not what gets you know, passion and connection and emotions going, especially with women. We don't care about that stuff. We want to know how you feel. Right, right. And we're, we feel like we can't share it because we feel like we're being weak and or looking weak or, or being cheap. But that's not how it gets received. It's not how it gets received, right. So once you, and once she communicates to you how much that means to her, then you start going, huh, not only does it make me feel better, it makes her feel better. And that's sort of a good... Not sort of a good. It is a good positive feedback loop because you write a little lovey-dovey text and she's like, that's great. I like that. Then you write a handwritten letter and you send it out and she's like, I love this. And you're like, not only does it make me feel better to write and communicate like this, 
makes her feel good to receive it. It's a really positive, virtuous cycle. Whereas if you're trying to be a tough guy who shows no emotions all the time, what she's receiving is he doesn't really care enough to show that. Exactly. And then she's going, oh, I met this other guy, and he's all telling me how beautiful I am. Mm-hmm. And you're like, she knows I like her. She knows I think she's pretty. You know, like, yeah, but she needs, she needs to feel it all the time. Yeah, especially like if you're not in the same city. It's like watering a plant. I hate to put it that way, but it totally is. Right. It's like watering a plant. You can't just water it's the true. plant on, Monday, on the first of the month and go, what the fuck? I just watered that thing like three weeks ago. Yeah, you know, it needs that's a, a good metaphor. It needs a constant love and attention. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, you just don't want to have one of those water growing. You don't want a bamboo. <laughs> because then you got a lot of that thing so often you're like, what am I doing? I'm just watering this thing constantly. Right. You know, you want something like uh, reasonable. You know, that you want a plant that you can that you can water at an appropriate schedule. <laughs> something that's, so that's beautiful, not Jordan. Isn't that isn't that just wow. that's Bill Nye the science guy? Oh my god, what has happened to you with this girl? You're talking about flowers. Flowers. And I didn't what? say flowers. I was talking about a cactus. <laughs> oh, a cactus yeah. with prickly. Cactus, yeah. prickly, prickly. Just tough, couldn't go tough, there. Tough cactus. The tough cactus. Um, no, but seriously, I think uh, tr- that trust is caused by that virtuous Huge. cycle because that communication is what breeds that trust. And what breeds that communication is throwing yourself out there and being vulnerable, getting a little bit of that in return, and then feeling confident enough in your relationship and your communication skills to continue to do that. And once you can do that freely and just be like, oh, I really miss you, one o'clock in the morning, text, call, you know, late night, like, hey, nothing in particular I need to say, just, you know, wish you were here, da 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 da, going to bed, don't study too hard, you know. Okay, cool, whatever, talk to her in the morning. And we talked about that on our technology show, like sending uh, part one, sending like those little videos in your iPhone. It's oh, like, yeah. I really miss you, good morning, boom. You know, so you just much. said something that was really key too, and I don't know if the guys picked that up, but not only did he say like how he felt, like that I miss you, but then he took it one step further and said, I hope your, your exam went well. It's like, because mm. that shows that he is into her life too, and yeah. that you're paying attention. And that's also the thing that keeps the connection going just saying hey what's up it's like i just told you i had a horrible day today well you know the woman's thinking he's not even paying attention yeah, to me no so luckily i got a little cheat code jenny has an exam every day so <laughs> i just go how was your exam and i always win and if she didn't have one that day i'm like oh that's unusual yeah you know? yeah but it's like every day so i'm like oh so cool. you're good, i got right? a little cheat, a little code. G- cheat code <laughs> can, cheat code you can throw that that's out good. there anytime yeah but that's good yeah it's a good thing well, good. Thanks so much, Kim. That was awesome. Yeah, fun. Thanks for having me. Solid show as usual, if I do say so myself. Show feedback and guest suggestions. We rely on you guys to help keep our finger on the pulse. So if you know someone who's a good fit for the show, let us know at jordanh at theartofcharm.com. Bootcamp details, that's our live training at theartofcharm.com. And that's also where you can find links to us on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. If you're listening to this but you're not subscribed in iTunes or Stitcher, then that needs to change. Getting our shows delivered free to your phone or computer is the best way to make sure you don't miss anything. You can do that by going to iTunes and searching for the Art of Charm podcast or by going to theartofcharm.com slash iTunes and clicking subscribe. That's it. You guys can also help us if you subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher. Give us a five-star rating and write something nice. We'll love you forever. Just go to iTunes.com slash theartofcharm and it'll take you right there. When you write us a review, it not only makes us feel proud, but it helps keep us in the ranks so that other people who can use this information can find the show more easily and get the credible advice that they need. It's also the best way to support the show other than purchasing training from us. 
So tell your friends, because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. So have a great week, go out there and get social, and leave everything better than you found it. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com.